0: Hello, it's 2020, and this is our brand new season of the Esquire Q&A podcast. I'm Srakshi Rai, and today in our studio, we had dressage champion Mohammed Al sakal who's going to talk about his long, long ride to the Asian Games and the Olympics. He is the Emirates' only competing dressage rider, and one day he hopes, given enough funding, he will compete at the Asian Games in 2020. So here you go. It's 2020 and we're back with one of our first few guests in the Esquire QA studio with the only Emirati professional dressage rider in the UAE right now, Mr. Mohammad Al-Sarkal. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Thank
1: you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to to come and speak about my journey here with you today.
0: We're so happy. Now you are one of the only professional dressage riders in the UAE competing at an international level or hoping to compete hoping in, yes hoping to compete at an international level yeah. what got you started in the sport of dressage
1: yeah, well, my story started when I was uh, four years old. I was in Holland with my family and we usually go to Europe in summer. And one time I went with my sister to, she wanted to go to a normal farm and we she found some horses and wanted to ride them. And uh, so I was just looking at her ride and I was so in awe of, of the horses at that time. But I never got the opportunity to actually ride until I was 10. And uh, I remember... I went with my cousin one time, he said, you know, I'm going to go to the stables, I'm going to ride, do you want to join? I said, you know, that's a, that's a really cool thing, yeah, let, let me go with you, let me see what's going on. Uh, as I walked into the stable, I remember that I, I felt so connected with horses, even from the start, even from just being 10 years old and walking in the stable. So I started riding with him soon after that, and um uh, we There isn't much education for dressage at the start, so I, I, I started show jumping. Like any other person, I think that started uh, like me in the early 2000s uh, in the UAE where dressage was not really that common. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did show jumping for till I was 14. I never felt connected so much to show jumping, and that is in terms of feeling, in terms of the activity of show jumping. So I I, I remember one day uh, one of my past trainers told me, "Why don't we do something different today? You know why?" because you really like flat so let's do like an advanced flat work which is commonly known as dressage where where your flat work becomes more technical and i was so impressed by working my mind uh, with the horse and creating movements although they were very simple at that time i thought this was this is where i had to be
0: i mean obviously with all horse riding activities it involves just the rider and the horse right so yeah. be it show jumping or dressage or even just um you know horse racing mm-hmm. it, it requires The person doing the activity and the horse to obviously have a connection yeah otherwise it won't really work right
1: yeah well um currently right now that idea changed for me because what we do as riders we give a like we ask the horse a question to do a certain movement and then the horse responds doing the movement harmoniously and that's how you get the higher marks. This is when I'm going specifically into dressage. I think I don't know if I can speak for other disciplines in equestrian sports, but I believe that our job as riders is to always ask the horse and uh, with the correct uh, aids and that the horse responds back uh, with the correct aids for that certain movement.
0: So I'm an equestrian novice. Now, okay. there are some <laughs> things that I picked up in what you said, <laughs> which which I want to sort of delve into. How do you give the horse commands to do a particular movement?
1: So it depends on the movement, but usually it starts with the basics. That's where Every rider should be, uh, what should be doing really when when whatever discipline is the basics, which is your walk, trot, and canter. Uh, this is one of the first movements that you learn as a as a as a rider. But we we try we tend to forget. I think mostly I would speak just in the UAE because I'm not really uh, I'm not really sure how it is around. Well, now I'm more common with with what's happening in Europe because I'm training mostly there. But we tend to forget the idea of the asking uh, the ask the give and take and ask questions with the horses we try to uh, command before we ask and that is one of the things that horses get confused by and this is when tension happens and a lot of things what i would say uh, for any novice rider or some more amateur riders uh doing whatever discipline, I would always suggest them to uh, find and play a little bit with with your horse. Try to understand what if you, for example, squeezed on, yeah, you squeezed on the saddle a bit. What, What does that mean? How will the horse react? The more you try and find out these buttons, the more the horses respect you in that way, in terms of command.
0: So you basically through trial and error yeah. kind of you know with your horse form a pattern of of asking yes per se? Yeah, yeah true
1: you know uh, the fun, uh, well not really funny but it is true <laughs> there is um uh, this is a, a true example uh i was in holland in january february and uh all of january for me was really hard all of it i mean uh, sorry mid-december uh, january was really hard for me because every time i asked my my horse do something, he just doesn't understand what I'm saying. And at times you can get frustrated and at times you can feel that then I'm not supposed to be where I'm supposed to be because especially, you know, when you're there and you're trying to do your best and nothing's going right, you, you tend to blame yourself and the horse sometimes and that's completely wrong. And what I've learned um, through my short time is that it is fine to do mistakes and it is fine to kind of ask and give and take with this because initially you're trying to grab that horse's attention. You're trying to make it feel that you're part of a team.
0: And would you say (coughs) the UAE dressage community is, is big or growing right now?
1: I would say that there is growth. There is definitely growth since uh, the early 2000s when I started, when there was no one except one person um, that I've heard of doing dressage. But I've seen a stead- steady growth, o- obviously not the same growth as it is in other disciplines like show jumping, uh, endurance and all of that, and all of the other disciplines, sorry. But in dressage, it's slowly going up. Uh, but this is why I'm doing it. I'm trying to influence as much Emiratis, non-Emiratis, residents, that there is you can have fun doing dressage. You know the stigma behind dressage is that it's a very serious sport. There's a you have to sit you know sit straight. You have to sit up. Well, not really. I mean, in training, I don't sit up straight. You know, you have to move your body. It's a horse at the end of the day. We try to figure out the horse's muscles, the pelvis, where the ribcage moves, and all of that intricate details make you really understand dressage in a different way. Yeah. Well, happy horse, happy rider. That's what we say.
0: <laughs> well. You know, so when you've obviously started in the sport of practicing dressage and, and, you know, you told your parents in past interviews, you have said that you sort of felt a little bit of a pushback because they didn't really understand the sport you were going into. What was that like, you know, still pursuing a sport with with that kind of pushback? Uh,
1: uh, Going back to my last uh, answer, I do believe that it's steadily growing, but there is still Si sont... So much to learn and to educate the public with dress art, especially in my community. <clears throat> we don't have many Arabs uh, in the dress art community currently. If there is a competition and I'm in it, I will be the only Arab doing it. And uh, there, because this is a question where why can't we? Is there an acceptance? Is there not an acceptance or education? I believe it's mainly education. Now I can. I have an example for that. When I started posting on my Instagram about my journey in and dressage. There was a mother that followed me and she kept talking to me about dressage and she's an Arab mother. Um, She told me, uh, you know, I, I have a son who's been following you and he would like to learn dressage. And I was really, I've never read, no one has ever talking to me this way so then um, I was surprised that he actually joined because I recommended a place and um, he joined there started riding and I was one time asked to be um, an unaffiliated judge uh, for one of the tests and um, while I was there the boy came in and actually competed in his first show and he came fourth place and I didn't know it was like it was the same boy whose mother spoke to me and she came to me that day and she told me you know "We we took your advice and we're doing it And now this guy is doing really good. He came twice fourth in his class, and he's and he's continuing doing it. So what I'm trying to say is that, true, there is no education, or there is a limited education. But I will do everything that I can to kind of push the agenda and make people love it the way I do.
0: But I mean, is it because show jumping is seen kind of like a sexier cousin to dressage, where you know? It's, it's more reported on, it's more talked about, there's money in it, there's like a, here at least. Yeah. I mean, is that what you feel as well?
1: There's a lot of things, yes, for, for, for sure. First of all, it's education. Second of all, the ease of reaching this, this sport. When you look at it in the UAE, there's... So, so so, less uh, trainers around that can give you the right advice to make you love the sport. There will be a lot of people who tell you, you know, we know flat work and we can teach you flat work and that's dressage. And that's not really what we think dressage is. Even us dressage riders, we do flat work before we actually do our movements, which is our dressage movements. Uh, but uh, going back to your question, I think that if there were enough trainers, there was education. If all the clubs performed in a way that they're a team uh, trying to educate the youth, which I am trying to do right now. And if also there is funding, obviously with dressage, it's not quick. It's not a quick and go, you ride, you jump, you can go to a show next week, you do have to learn. But there are specific tests that you can do as a novice or an amateur rider and still get into a test and you can also win. Yeah, true. The the funding and the prize money is not the same as show jumping, and nor is anywhere else in the world, for fact, and dressage, except when you go to the higher uh, levels. But I believe that the funding also is a key. Um, may all the clubs I would say are funded. For push show jumping further if you see the amount of riders right now and who are competing it almost doubled since the 2000s international riders coming here there's a whole scene going on there's five star shows which is a huge FEI show that happens in the UAE twice or three times. Uh, but for dressage, we don't have any FEI shows and we don't have any five-star shows and we don't have any international athletes and we don't have the trainers. And so it's a, it's a small community that's trying to become stronger.
0: And would you say <laughs> now kind of, you know, your family's previous apprehensions of you doing the sport, mm. uh, do they still, do they take it seriously now? Or are they still kind of like... Oh, Muhammad, why don't you just like you know yeah. do I mean, a job? I mean, my mom's always like...
1: saying, telling me, "Don't you want to work in something with business?" <laughs> I mean, every mom. But but it is a struggle, obviously, to 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 tell your parents or to tell your family that you know I'm leaving my nine to five job, or I am pausing it and not having any more ambitions in the business world because I'm pursuing a career that's mostly known as a as a wealthy money owned kind of backed sport uh, like horses. Uh, I think any discipline in equestrian sports is so, uh, it's costly. But I believe that now slowly my my parents and my family, actually all of them are being, are more aware that this is not a a hobby to me. It is, I'm treating it like a profession and I'm very adamant to reach where I am. And I think now being nominated for the Asian Games in 2022, this opened their eyes a little bit more and getting many opportunities from the media like i'm getting today is showing them that no maybe you know what maybe he is serious <laughs> well
0: in, in one of your interviews there was a statement you made that i thought was very interesting where you called dressage kind of like a sport for the rich board mm-hmm. housewife do you still <laughs> believe that is that something you still you know or, or um, the perception of the sport is that that is one of a rich board you know housewife. i think
1: i think a lot of people perceive dressage as being either an easy or um, a non-interesting or a second-hand hobby kind of job, and I, what I see from what I've experienced currently in the UAE, I haven't really seen the competition that can par with Europe, and that's mainly because of the quality of the competition that's there. I don't feel that there is necessarily um, a, a big base for a competition to go as a team currently. Right now, there are could be there could be horses, but it's individuals that that are important now going back to the housewives (laughs) comment um you know i don't know how i i don't know how i would perceive it right now but i want to try and motivate as much as i can even though you're a housewife that does it for fun it's not a problem to have goals and to succeed and to become something special um but yes it is still um kind of a it's, the scene is still much more where it is uh, trying to be at least serious.
0: Do you think people would take you more seriously in the equestrian community if you were a show jumper, perhaps?
1: I would think about it. Would be more about the sponsors and the backings that you have, whether it is from the government or private entities like most show jumpers have. But I believe that um, I would get more opportunities definitely if I was a show jumper. I would get more horses definitely. <laughs> And my community will accept and appreciate it more, even they will still think it's a hobby because being working in an office for them is more ad- admirable than w- be sitting on top of a horse.
0: Now, you train with two specific horses, one here in Dubai and one in Holland. There, are, I don't have anything here currently. No, no one here? No. Oh, I thought yeah. you had a horse here. No, uh,
1: she left. She went back to Holland. Okay. This is one of the reasons, one of your points where we talk about... Um, yeah, well, is there any competition? Any? I didn't feel that she could handle. Uh, I'm still training and I'm still learning. And my horse is a sensitive, sharp mare that needs a lot of attention. And I decided, you know, if she's going to be hopefully uh, an Asian Games horse, she needs to be trained at the, up the highest level to at least compete to compare myself with the highest level. So I sent her to Holland to continue her training, and I'm leasing a new horse from Academy Bartels. I got the uh, super opportunity from MK Kiltz Bartels, um, past Olympian, and we've worked together on a certain plan to lease uh, my new hope, also another hopeful Asian Games horse, Edward yeah and they're all there so
0: you know you are nominated for the Asian Games in 2022 mm. now tell us a bit more about it's 2 years away so it may yeah. seem like a while to a lot of people listening mm-hmm. to this podcast but it's not really that far away in the no, grand scheme of things all. when you when you consider you know how competitive the games are yeah. so you know what's the pl- what's the immediate plan for you to you know compete and qualify really
1: so for the Asian Games there's there's a, there are two tests that we need to do. And if you don't mind me explaining, the, yeah, yeah, so there's a pre-Saint-George and then there is the intermediate one. Uh, currently, I'm training under the level of pre-Saint-George. And I have done a couple of tests in the UAE and it's been doing going really well. But uh, for the past year, I haven't competed because my mare is not with me. And I have just kept her there for training. Um, th- these tests need a lot of practicing and I need to go to competition for me to prepare for the Asian games, I would inevitably need to be in Holland most of the time to train and compete, but mostly understand the competition vibe, especially on that level. I've also done my research. I think as an athlete, you need to do a research on who you're going to compete with in the Asian Games. And I've seen the competitors from China, from China Taipei, and I've seen also from uh, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, the main competitors, obviously, who are competing currently at the Asian Games. And I've seen their performance at the previous uh, Asian Championships, which is a new FEI show that it was launched last year, and it's every two years. And um, the competition is, is fierce. It is strong. And as the UAE, because the UAE has not been in the Dressage Asian Games, I would say, I'm not really sure of the date, but it would be oh, more than 10 years ago. There was one girl, an Emirati girl, who, who went as the first Emirati to compete in Dressage. But she did it just... Uh, but that's it i haven't we haven't, haven't seen heard. any uae no haven't
0: so what's the what's up so now you're gonna are you gonna move to holland to pursue that like angle to, or you know are you still sort of in the planning stages to to sort of try have, and get to a competing sort of level
1: i have my planning ready <laughs> but the problem is funding it's so hard and uh, i know for a lot of listeners out there um uh, you know you expect that if you're in the equine world that you come you're well off or you can do it but really there are a lot of people out there who are not well off and who are talented not necessarily myself but a lot of people out there who are not funded who are really I think that can do it and that can represent the country but when I speak personally about myself it is financially a struggle to completely move there and uh to to continue training and it's just about training. Um, I've asked a, a t- time ago. They would say like, how would you go there? And um, you know, you would probably live and do everything, and you would be by yourself. And for me, that's not a problem. I would prefer, and I actually have a plan from Bartels stating the plan for the Asian Games. Um, I am. I have communicated this to the uh, federation, to the Emirates uh, Quine Federation, and I've been asking for so much help and i'm actually in the process of looking for sponsors looking for people to um fund my uh my journey basically to the asian games and 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 forward
0: so they've nominated you for the asian games but they've not but that doesn't automatically mean that you will officially compete you need to first Qualify.
1: The difference between the Asian Games and the Olympics is that, well, the other further shows, the Olympics and the World Equestrian Games, you need to do the test called a Grand Prix. Mm. And for the Grand Prix, you need a percentage. I'm not really sure about the percentage for the UAE to to succeed in the Grand Prix, but usually around the world it's 68, percent 66 to 68 percent. I know that India is between 67 and 66 and 67 percent, and there are some Indian riders who have already done really well in the Grand Prix uh, sector, and they're actually moving up and being nominated for the Olympics. But when it comes to the UAE, we don't have a criteria for the Asian Games. Asian. Games Games is always uh, nominated by the National Olympic Committee for the country itself. They see the preferred riders that can present uh, well an image as well as uh, they're capable enough in terms of training. And if you competed in Europe and you're you're yeah, well, you have the capacity to do it. And so, yeah, Asian Games, there isn't any qualifications, but the higher levels, yes.
0: And eventually your goal is to compete in an Olympics at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: that's, well, that's uh, when, when, when you tell me this from me, I just like the cash signs come in my head because yeah, it is really hard to be honest. And, uh, I, it is really, because you need to think about this. It is a lot of training, it's a lot of funding, and for a lot of sponsors, they look at it as, but why would I want to sponsor you if there's a lot of limitations on the viewership in terms of who is going to see my my brand? Uh, I come from a marketing background as well, so I, I really understand the sponsor's point of view, but there's a lot of respect when it comes to the rider performing really well around the world. Uh, there's The top riders right now are sponsored by the top brands in the world, like Hermes, Aston Martin, uh. Richard Mill and uh, and more that are taking charge into these dressage uh, athletes. I think there is a possibility to reach Olympics. I am not doubt it, doubting it at all. Uh, there is a Paris Olympics that's in 2024 and then the uh, 2028 uh, Los Angeles Olympics. I'm hoping to shoot for the Olympic in Los Angeles. I feel that that's a good time for me. That's almost 10 years. It's going to get me right with my training and my path. And but if the right funding comes and you know the the right and then i can be in in holland full time training i think paris is not a long shot i'm i was i was actually just thinking about this last week and i was like you know can i can i really do the paris Olympics in 2024, is that hard? It is really hard. But in the UAE, we're fortunate with one thing other than Europe. And I can explain that, but this is more technical. Uh, in European countries, like you have Norway and uh, well, the top leaderboards where you have uh, Netherlands, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, they have so many dressage athletes that all are competing to meet the top three and top four positions. Uh, and they have a huge nomination, process for them to be picked to be part of the a team in the uae we don't even have an a team not even a b team so (laughs) technically if i do well in the shows and i score above 66 percent in the grand prix i am automatically selected for the olympics so there is a very very high possibility of me actually presenting the uae and the arab world for the first time in the olympics in paris hopefully
0: well i mean it's still you know i mean A while away, let's say, let's say, you know, you get the funding and, you know, you're off to the Asian Games, like, what would your day to day training uh, routine involve? Because, you know, no one really knows what goes into dressage training. So how do dressage riders really train for competitions
1: well for the asian games what we do is we try to we we don't do all the movements one day because doing the test in one day i think it's not we don't we don't focus on that so i think the routine would be you know i wake up in the morning obviously uh, i tack my own horse up um get him ready uh we have the lesson with mk or rodrigo and uh the thing is, we would focus on maybe a specific movement. I can maybe talk about one movement. For example, one of the hardest movements for me is the changes. And um, whether it is uh, in the PSG, we have a, a four change and a five change. And... Um, and uh, uh, sorry, three and four. And for me, it's so hard to get this movement. So what I, what we're, what we're doing currently is doing it on a short diagonal to do one single change. I'm sorry, viewers, if mm. I'm being very technical, but um, we're doing just, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but a small yeah. diagonal. So, uh, so I focus that on Sunday. I would ride probably three days where it will be work and focusing on a movement the fourth day would be an always a forest ride <laughs> i have to take them out just to release and let them let them be horses the fifth day will always be an off day and then we go back to the routine again
0: and now you've recently come back from training in holland yes and were you happy with the with how your training went or? it was really
1: tough but i'm always motivated when i come back yeah
0: so you know, we've said, we've talked about funding, we've talked about Asian Games, we've talked about, you know, eventually Olympic goals, but what's your short term goal? Is it is it just funding or is it also to, you know, get people excited about the sport of dressage mm-hmm. and maybe sort of, you know, try their hand at it here as well?
1: Well, I've been approached uh, recently by a local club and uh, they are interested to open the conversation to introduce dressage as one of their main sports in the club and to have me there representing dressage with them training and being part of the youth program for dressage, trying to nominate and possibly even get a youth team somewhere in Europe, uh, whether they be American. Emiratis or non emiratis and then after that, also become I would like to focus on my riding because I'm a rider at the end of the day. There are a lot of people that will confuse um their, their main goals with being either a trainer or a judge. For me, honestly, my main goal is riding and competing. If I get an opportunity to train the youth, and that is a a job that I will do, but I will still focus on my goals. Uh, But yes, I I would love to be part more of the youth and uh, try to engage them into the sport.
0: And would you say, um, you know, the UAE Sports Federation has been um, super invested and sort of helped you along your journey along the way?
1: I would say that they have, uh, well, they've opened the chance for shows to happen, and uh, I always thank them for uh, having almost 20 20 shows this year, Um, and it's increasing every year, thankfully, but um, in terms of helping me in my journey, um, they haven't really taken part in it, although I have spoken to them many times. You know, the funny thing is, I got approached by foreign federations. Uh, like the Dutch Federation that has been really interested in what I'm doing and I always you know ask myself this question you know if if I'm being given so many opportunities when I'm in Europe what is what is what is what's the hindrance here in the UAE why is it is it really just because of education or is it like you said no one really cares or or is it just possible boredom I didn't I didn't really understand but this got me a little bit honestly frustrated with the situation because I am working hard you know I'm funding myself with myself I am working hard I yeah my horses are there true I don't have a current horse here and I've spoken to so many people to try and and maybe ride a little bit compete more have my name out there again but it's been super difficult honestly Uh, but I'm that's not gonna stop me but this is a super challenge that i wanted to speak about yeah
0: yeah i mean it is interesting you know but so given the 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 youth of Mm. of uh you know the uae right now what would make them interested in the sport of dressage seeing someone compete at a global level or have more role models you know competing and, and yeah. watching them take part or w- what would be you know the enticing factor that young writers would say you know what actually let me try dressage
1: I think a lot of people are really they don't know what dressage they they don't really know the intricacies of dressage I think they know okay it's flat work it's cool it's nice but jumping is more fun we'll just do that in terms of youth you know I was also sitting with a young girl recently and I told her you know because um, she's doing show jumping and dressage and she says you know what I have to do show jumping because nobody's paying attention to me in dressage i'm like oh but because and that for me was a little bit like shocking because now a a lot a lot of part of our youth you know social media is really important digital media is growing and um, i think from a from a social media point of view they don't get that much uh interactions uh, as they put more show jumping videos than they do dress out. And I keep, and I told her, listen, if you make it more, if you're vulnerable with everyone and you talk to them about your goals and you tell them, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm nine years old. I'll do this. I want to do the youth championship and I want to do the youth world cup, then people will start seeing you as an example, with with me being, you know, I'm over 30 years old and the small bo- a small boy followed me and actually saw my whole process in dressage and came and competed. I really do believe that the people are g- getting more engaged because I'm making dressage fun. The music that I'm putting when I'm riding is current. The the test, the engagement that I'm doing in social media. For example, today I posted uh, like a and a on Instagram. This was nice about social media, so we have to use these tools. I put a and a where you have the multiple choice just to introduce people into my world. And I told them, what do you think this movement means? and so many people were interacting i've never been like my friends who are non-horsey at all my horsey friends i got arguments on instagram people were really engaging even there were really young kids that were engaging with me my nieces and nephews and i was i was like you know there there is something there there's definitely something there but i just felt that no one really did this before. Um, you remember when I when I told you at the start when I started, there was one girl doing it, and she never engaged at all in terms of nobody knew.
0: But I mean, social media didn't really exist the way it does exactly. then as yeah. it does now. So no, you, know, you have possibly because of social media have um, an opportunity an now. opportunity to have a voice and sort of you know yeah raise and awareness it, for the sport. Like and
1: this. I think also showing uh, the horses that we ride. Making them as, you know, because a lot of the dressage horses that you see before, they were always um, stiff and there was no personality. But there are so many amazing athletes like Catherine Dufour, like Patrick Kittel, um, yeah, Jessica Von... don't know her full name, but Jessica from Germany, Isabel Wirth, definitely the queen of dressage that are making dressage more cool. They're engaging the youth in a way. Their media is transported in a way that's really interesting. Uh, there was a world championship just recently in New Munster and it was a packed show. Uh, it's super packed, but th- to, ma- to emulate that, the West, I mean, in Europe, here in, in the Arab world, I don't think it's difficult, but I think it's definitely going to take time.
0: Well, on that note thank you so much for joining us on this um you know Esquire Q&A podcast this episode and we're so excited to know more about your journey and we wish you all the best for your Asian Games uh, you know run in 2022
1: thank you so much and thank you for and thank you and Esquire for giving me this opportunity uh and i really hope that i try and i will i will hopefully and continuously do my best to support the sport as much as I can. And if anyone has any questions or anything, I'm always available on social media. Uh, but thank you all for listening.
0: All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And that was another episode of the Esquire q and podcast. As always, don't forget to hit subscribe before you leave this page. Stay tuned for more next week.